today on the show. Things to do with mom while you still got the time. You're in college. You're Catholic. Now what? The importance of rites of passage, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. It is time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 401. I am Father Chris Decker. And joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee, the executive director of the Woman's New Life Clinic. Yes, very good. In uh, yeah. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Absolutely. Kind of a, a little bit of a name change a to reflect the That's types right. of services that you provide. Yep, absolutely. Um, those pro-life services for women. Welcome, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. We've also got... Uh, oh, great. I'm going to have to give you a, a kind of a, a two-shot here because they're, if you're watching us on the radio, there are two folks with you. So I'll just kind of go down the line. Taylor Rodri, whom you'll remember for, as Taylor in the chat room. Yeah. TMR 1013, huh? From way back when. <laughs> Taylor has been uh, kind of one of our super fans, and uh, she happens to be in Baton Rouge, and so naturally we put her on the show. Hey, Taylor. Hey. And all, that's a good sign-on. Uh, also, Olivia Galino, she is the student of life, our resident Italian food critic. She joins us without fail. Hello, Olivia. Hello. Still here. Still here. After all this time, still here. Like we need, we to, need to break into song after all this time. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You're not going to sing, are you? Uh, let's uh, go up to the to the Jeff Star one. The near. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, normally our, our intros took so much time, uh, you know, well, because I'm long-winded. No. Okay. But uh, up on the satellite... Today or just in general? Just in general. Up on the satellite of Jeff <laughs> is Jeff. Jeff Blackwell, who's our technical director. He's the Good commandant. Good evening, Father. Good evening, hey. yes. And Good in fact, here. Jeff's just been um, off of a, of a gig, you know, um, yeah. where where you got to play the voice of God, as you do every now and then. Yeah, I get that. Uh, in fact, I have another one coming up at the end of September. So, yeah, they call me Vogue. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's you see what he like, did there. I yeah. see what you did there. <laughs> and then uh, we don't have a camera on him yet, but Ed Ball is Today's back coming. in the ball pit, yeah. running the video for us. Uh, He's back. Yeah, Ed uh, was doing some superhero things and managed to uh, to rip his rotator cuff on his shoulder, and uh, it oh, has. So he claims. It, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You notice how you Just never kidding. see Superman and Ed at the same place at the same time? Mm -hmm. There's a reason we don't have phone booths now. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. yeah. So so Ed has had those repaired and he's had his what, six weeks, eight weeks of uh of physical therapy and recovery? Quite a while. He's not saying. He he won't too, say too long, <laughs> too that's long. for sure. Yeah. And so now that his arm's out of the sling, he's uh, using his good mouse hand yes. to uh to, to switch the <laughs> video. Right. Whew. All right. Well, uh, two minutes of introductions. Uh, for those of you who are watching us on, on Roku, on YouTube now, uh, on Periscope, on Twitter, Ooh. on Facebook, on Catholic TV, on, um, on the Catholic Faith Network, or any point in between, welcome. And as we say, we're the Catholic Underground. We're happy that you're here. And uh, we think we'll just jump right in. Yeah. Now, I, uh, I get to go see my mom pretty regularly because um, she had a number of health events uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, and, and dementia began in her life. And so uh, we've been kind of going through that together. And so she is at a, a local uh, assisted care facility, which is 15 minutes from my parish, which is wonderful. Cool. So I'm on the mass rotation and everything. So I get to see her pretty often. And uh, that got me to reading an article um, over on Alatea about five things to do with your mom when you're an adult before it's too late. Cool. And, uh, and that's the thing. We, we don't know how long we'll have our parents, so we try to do what we can while we've got them. You know? uh, both Taylor and my fathers have gone to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where you, you kind of go, man, I really, 
wish I could have done all that stuff. So we thought mm-hmm. we'd give you the opportunity, huh? If, uh, if your parents are living, if you're an adult and you're like, now, hmm, should I go visit my parents? Well, you should. And so mm-hmm. uh, here are a couple of things to, to think about, huh? Accept every hug and respond with an even bigger one. Yeah. I, you know, I find I do that now more than ever with my mom. Mm-hmm. My, my mom is, is like, um, Kathleen says, she's like a little mascot, you know? Yeah, she's, she's a little babushka. She's so she's cute. Like a babushka. <laughs> and so I find that when I hug mom, uh, now I hug with a lot more meaning, mm-hmm. you know? Because as you grow up, you're like, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I love you too. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're cool enough to hug your parent, right? right? right. Uh, I never really had a problem with that as a kid. Did y'all have problems like hugging your parents? I didn't really, no. no? I did, but... When my dad got diagnosed, I found like every moment I had, every hug seemed yeah. to be yeah. treasured more and more. Sure. That's right. Yeah. And lasted longer yeah. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we weren't, we both weren't the touchy feely type, but like right. if I was leaving and giving him a hug, it was like I was savoring every second mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. I, I found that too with, with my dad uh, in the last few months of his life um, that we both kind of had this unspoken thing of, you know, let the hug linger, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. enjoy the hug. Huh? Oftentimes we only turn to our parents when we're in a difficult situation, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like we tend to treat God. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but don't wait for the hard times before you show mom your affection, mm-hmm. you know? And so throw, yeah. that, throw those arms around, huh, Jeff? Absolutely. My mom's 90. Right. And, uh, oh, man, we, we have them uh, long hugs. Yeah. yeah. Just, or lay it in there, you know. So, uh, <laughs> That's like a North <laughs> North Louisiana hug. But she had both of her shoulders replaced, you know, oh, the joints yeah. replaced. So, oh, so she's like bionic. She's got wrestling. Strong... Yeah, was, yeah, she's on a slow pitch team now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, so yeah. Let let the hug linger and be not afraid to do that, Absolutely. huh? Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, the, I read somewhere last week that that it's twenty seconds supposedly um, for a hug to activate all of the psychological healing bits. I don't know if there's any truth to that, you know, um, but they say that it takes 20 seconds for for a hug um, before before your body begins to kind of recognize kind of like what what, what a mother would, you know, to to her Mm. child, right? Mm -hmm. A, A baby has to be caressed in order to properly grow. And I, I'd imagine there's probably some truth to that. I love a good hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 20 seconds mm-hmm. is like, that's a, that's a hug. That's, that's, a, a, that's a good hug. Yeah, that's, that's, a a, that's an almost <laughs> awkward hug, right? Yeah. Especially for guys, you know? Um, it's always something whenever, whenever you, you give a hug as a guy. Yeah. Well, because y'all do the bro hug thing that, where you're like barely touching, you hit each other, and then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you do actually embrace, there's usually like a, a tap out right. yeah. so that you're giving permission. Well, yeah. And the, even that, like, it's like boom, you're boom. beating them. Yeah. And let me tell you this. Yeah. Oh, then there's the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let yeah. me tell you this, bros. Ladies do not like bro hugs. Yes. Please I've gotten don't several do where I'm like, ah, ah, ow. I don't think that that's. <laughs> Yeah. It's a thing, okay? Yeah. They just get awkward, and I'm like, Mm-mm. my yeah. brother used to do that with my mom. Speaking of moms, and like, <laughs> that's one way to get away from the hug, right? Quickly. And well, my mom's never gonna turn down a hug from her kids, right? Mm-hmm. But Jacob is is a large human person, and mm-hmm. my mom is teeny tiny, and he just didn't understand for a long time how strong <laughs> he was, and he would like knock the wind out of her, <laughs> like he would start like smacking her on the happen. back like he would would with his friends, and then she would literally start coughing. Oh like, my! Yeah, any any uh, any <laughs> blow to the sternum. Is is really not a hug. 
Not uh, a good thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> I may be guilty of doing that to Ty. Well, her brother. But, yeah, it's mm, your brother, right? But yeah, but sibling <laughs> hugs are a completely different <laughs> order. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm an only child, and so I was spared much of that. Mm. Uh, and then I got to the seminary. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you realize you have 80 brothers, uh, some of which have many uh, biological brothers of their own. So mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, it's true. Number two on the mom <laughs> list. Um, ask her lots of questions. You know, we can ask mom about anything, and moms generally give a straightforward answer, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but start asking history questions, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how did mom and dad meet? Uh, how did you know you were in love? Uh, what was it like whenever, whenever mom was pregnant, you know? To ask those sorts of questions. Um, you have to ask those questions while you can because you don't know if you'll get to ask them, you know? Right. And so those are important things. I, I kind of wish I would have, uh, you know, thought about some of these things with, with my dad, for sure. But I know that I tend to ask mom those questions while um, I know in the midst of her dementia she's in the early stages and she can still mm-hmm. kind of access those memories. Right. That's beautiful. And Yeah, and so to, to be able to get kind of the just a, a little bit more context for your own life, mm-hmm. because that's really what asking good questions of our parents allows us right. to do. And even if you don't have a great relationship with your parents, you still perhaps can, can garner the opportunity to ask them some questions, and sometimes that can help to build mm-hmm. a relationship, you know, yeah. about taking genuine interest uh, in, in them. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. so real quick, yeah. like, let me, sure. because this is so worthwhile, uh, and now everybody's got, you know, a, a video camera basically in their yeah. phone. Yeah. But I, uh, about 10, 15 years ago, I, I, I took a, a little portable recorder, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad and his last living brother, and did an interview Flipped mm-hmm. the mic awesome. on them and, yeah. and just kind of followed them around for an entire day. And I heard stories I'd never heard before uh, about, you know, him growing up. And, and they were they were out in the sticks, believe me. So mm. um, it, it was really uh, it's priceless to still have those recordings to listen to today. So awesome. Yeah, and, and I know that, that some folks still have, like, voicemails and whatnot oh, from, yeah. from, mm-hmm. from, uh, sure. from their loved ones, too. So, yeah, while we have, I mean, we have a video production suite on almost all of our phones now. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. Use, use that audiovisual uh, uh, power that we have to, to do that. Uh, number three, listen to mom's advice. It's the fruit of years of experience. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we feel like mom is interfering in our personal life with her advice. Uh, you know, because especially when you're young, there's always that, that, uh, that, that transition that takes right. place from parent-child to adult adult you know mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't take place right uh, there when there's psychological health right. at risk but there there comes a point where you know we have to as their children have to make the choice to say um, let me let me come at this as an adult seeking an adult's advice right. mm-hmm. you know or listen as an adult receiving an adult's mm-hmm. advice um, moms try to tell us how to manage a situation better how to act and we often ignore them um, but because that's because we don't think they have any idea what the right. world is like today. Yeah. And, and as I grow closer to, to my 40s, uh, I know that, in fact, I was, I was having lunch today with a, a teenager and, and, his, uh, and, and one of his relatives. And I was thinking to myself, hmm, he is doing exactly what I would have done as a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, right. whatever mm-hmm. pops, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, th- this is an important thing to do is, is to actually seek their advice, listen to their advice, because they have experience that right. we perhaps haven't tapped into. Um, they've raised us for years. They've had plenty of time to observe us. Our parents know us probably better than anybody else, oh, yeah. except for maybe our siblings. But our, even our parents know us better than our siblings do. 
Um, and so they, because they've been observing us, they know how we're likely to act, and then um, there can be some trust there. Instead of refusing to lend an ear, listen first, and then de decide to apply uh, how uh, what they've told you. Because, you know, sometimes what they say is not going to apply because as adults we live much of our life out of the house. But right. still, there are little kernels of truth there that that kind of strike us to the heart. Mm -hmm. And really, if you think about your relationship in prayer, uh, God does the same thing because he is a father, right? He is a divine parent, mm -hmm. and, and he knows you better than anything. And so our parents, in a real way, uh, the, you know, the, the commandments are not just there for no reason. Our parents, in a real way, can image the voice of God for us. They can mm -hmm. image the, the um, kind of the experience of someone who has existed before us, yeah. you know? So um, and it's, it's tough to hear, but it's okay. We're the Catholic Underground. We're telling you. You can, hear. You can listen to us, right? Um, uh, number four, keep up a healthy communication and don't ignore mom's messages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a, a tough one sometimes, you know? Um, my mom, because of the dementia, sometimes she'll have a bad day. And I always know when I get a phone call from, from the, the, the front uh, office of the nursing home, mm -hmm. you know, I go, oh, this must be a bad day. And sure enough, it's mom. Uh, kind of in a, a little bit of a fog, and mm -hmm. and I have to, and and I can't, I can't refuse the call. Mm -hmm, right. So like, if I'm walking in the middle of a finance council meeting, which was the last time it happened, I was like, yeah. okay, um, I'll be there in a second. But to to cherish even those calls yeah. in in some form of distress, you know, yeah. um, answer the call when you can. Uh, answer text messages and teach mm -hmm. teach mom how to use new yeah. technology, huh? Um, it's probably good that my mom doesn't text message. Because, <laughs> 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 whew, it would be a toughie, I would imagine. Um, because someday, I mean, let's be honest, someday your parents are not going to be calling you anymore and mm -hmm. their name won't appear in your text message mm -hmm. alerts um, and, uh, and they won't be commenting on your Facebook posts and they'll be in Facebook memories years from now. So now is the chance to enjoy the presence of mom uh, and to make memories for the future, you yeah. know. Yeah, and then mom and I were actually just she called me before I came over here and she was like, you know, your cousin calls your aunt at least three times a day a <laughs> week and I barely hear and I'm like, but I, I don't like phone calls. You know that I, I'd rather yeah. text, but yeah. it's it's true. Like just thinking about whenever we lost my dad, it wasn't till months later yeah. that I was trying to my dorm room flooded mm -hmm. and I caught myself calling my dad and heard the voicemail yeah. that yeah. it hit me yeah. that it was too late right. to, yeah. to have those conversations with right. him. Right, exactly. Yeah, I often think about that too, when you don't have a parent that's there anymore. You think about all the conversations you'd like to be having, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's true. But that's, but that's part of the process too, is, is while your parents, uh, presumably right while your parents are alive, you can begin to, to build those, those memories and to build those relationships, and it's important to do. And then uh, perhaps finally, understand that mom is doing the best that she can. <laughs> Sometimes uh, it's only whenever you have kids of your own or parishioners of your own mm -hmm. uh, that you can appreciate how much your parents did um, yeah. when, whenever you were young. Um, yeah, I remember. Sorry. No, that's all right. I, um, so, I, you know, I bought my house last year, and, um, like, which is like one of the the biggest like forays into adulthood that I, I've had just yet. Yeah. But there was a day when I was just like frantic and hectic, like working, also trying to work on my house, trying to like just manage, keep myself alive. Mm -hmm. And I remember I called my mom because I needed help. Like there were like a couple of errands that I just could not run, and it was like completely out of medicine or something like mm -hmm. that. So I was like, Mom, please, like I can't, I really, I hate to ask you, but like, can you please just do this? And she would be like, of course, baby, yeah, I'll do it right now. <laughs> and that's how she talks. And, it is, um, it is, that's exactly And, you know, just like completely willing to do that. But then I had a moment in that conversation where I was like, Mom, you know, like, I want to say I'm sorry for all those years mm -hmm. where like, I was frustrated with you that like, you didn't remember that I had a, a you know, a, 
a doctor's appointment at 3.15 mm-hmm. or, you know, like you checked me out at, at 2.45 for something that I needed to be at at, you know, 2.50 or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And because now I'm, I'm like, I don't even have kids, like, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can barely keep myself together. And she was doing that with like five people plus mm-hmm. like extended family mm-hmm. and yep. other responsibilities and work. And so I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, ooh, thank you. Sorry, Mom. And, yeah. th- and that's the thing. Uh, adult life teaches us to look with greater empathy <laughs> and understanding yeah. on our parents' child rearing efforts, you know? And the other part to think about, too, is that our parents, um, we only think of them as like as mom or dad, Mm -hmm. but they've also had their struggles and they have a previous family history and they have stuff that they're trying to still work through. And in some cases, they're not aware of, you know. Um, And so they gave us life. Uh, They loved us. They raised us. And even in the midst of their own struggles and achievements and all those things, and uh, their gift to be appreciated while we can. So whether it's your mom or your dad, call them, text Mm -hmm. them. Uh, listen to them, receive those kind of communications, and uh, and life begins to enrich. Huh? Hug them, really. Bug them, yeah. And no, hug them, hug them, and bug them. <laughs> yeah, put a small Irritate microphone them. on them. When no, don't, don't. don't, don't. <laughs> that is only in Soviet Russia that you bug parents. This is how we do on our yes. Russian space station. My mom's gonna call me after this and be like, "I told you so." <laughs> well, I suppose we should uh, tell you one thing: uh, we are Catholic underground. <laughs> Oh yes, you are indeed listening to and watching if you are fortunate to uh, to have, well I don't know if you're fortunate to have us in, in front of you, but uh, huh. it's the Catholic Underground. I did my face today. Kathleen so. did her makeup, so we hope you're watching. We are online at catholicunderground.tv, on youtube.com slash catholicunderground, mm-hmm. on twitter.com slash cathunderground, on facebook.com slash catholicunderground. I'm Father Chris, uh, joined by Kathleen by Taylor, by Olivia, by Jeff, and by Ed, whom you cannot see, but trust us, he's there. Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, okay, so you're Catholic, you're a freshman. That's true. You're in college now. What do you do? What do you do? Yes, it's been a hot minute since I myself have been uh, (laughs) in the college classroom. Uh, or the dorm room, you know. Um, so, but I remember very distinctly going to college. I was probably, you know, we just had the the um, the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina mm-hmm. on, the, on August twenty eighth here in Louisiana. That was in 05, right? In 05, yeah. right? That was my. It was two weeks into my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I had just moved into the dorm, and my mom called me. I live probably across town, so probably maybe a 20, 30 minute drive. And she said, "Kathleen, I need you to. You're going to have to come home." And I said, "I distinctly remember." <laughs> Mom. Speaking of moms, yeah, right? I was like, I am not gonna drive all the way home to sit with you people in the dark. I was like, I am at college now. I woke up the next morning to my RA on my knocking on my door saying, "Everybody's gone. You're the last person. I'm leaving." Oh, wow. And I oh. went, "Oh, mama!" <laughs> it's just too late now. But there, it's such a great time. Like I remember being so great because you have like this new freedom, and you know, you get to you know schedule your own classes, and you see more people than you've ever seen in your life. For me, there were boys, you know, very exciting. Um, But there are also some parts of of college that, you know, can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's important to kind of get your head on straight, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And keep your, your faith close at hand. Uh, because it's it's an it's the easiest thing you can drop it like you know drop it like a bad class, <laughs> you know um, if you're not careful. So number one, right, it's so important to find um, a Catholic squad, 
Like find those people that are going to, you're going to, you know, they're going to see you and say, hey, we're going to mass before we go, you know, out on Saturday night, you know, or hey, they're having this Bible study at the Catholic Center. Um, I you see know, Taylor is not in her head. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Taylor, I'm sure you have found, I mean, Taylor yeah. has graduated college, um, but she's probably the most recent one who's been there. <laughs> um, so like, how important is that? Um, I can honestly say my group of friends at St. Thomas yeah. at Nichols was really what kept me centered because yeah. during that first semester was when my dad really hit rock bottom with a sickness. He passed at the last month of my first semester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you needed people. I, I needed mm-hmm. people, honestly. Yeah. And if it weren't for like those friends and then Father Andre was amazing as well as the staff, like yeah. I I could have just completely lost faith mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. They were yeah. the ones that were in my corner constantly reminding me, mm-hmm. look, Look for Christ in these situations. Yeah. He's there, I promise you. Yeah. And they'll be your they'll be your friends beyond college. Oh, That's still, true. No, for I've, sure. I've been out a year yeah. and I'm in Baton Rouge now and I went to college in Thibodeau and I'm still in touch with those friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something that I struggle with. Um, the idea that ladies, you should find lady friends and mm-hmm. men, like you should find men friends. I think that's really important um, so that, so that, cause these people know you, know yeah. your specific struggles as a woman, as a man. Um, but I also think that really healthy um, mixed gender relationships mm-hmm. are important to have. Sure. If you don't know, like P- Catholic college students, look at me in the eyeballs. <laughs> if you guys don't know how to be friends, yeah. right? You can't be friends with a guy without thinking about marrying them mm-hmm. or vice versa, right? Learn how to be friends with people. Yeah. Okay. Preach. Yes. <laughs> Number two. My lord. <laughs> My lord. Um, life never stops and it gets busier. You thought you were busy in high school? Wait until you have all the time in the world in college. Mm-hmm. You have no more time, right? There's always something going on. That's just how college is. There are a million and one clubs to join. There are six or seven tailgates that you want to go to. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for us extroverts out there, right, it's it's okay to say no, right? And you're going to have to learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. Prioritize your time because, again, what's going to be the easiest thing to throw out the window? Well, nobody's really watching, you know, checking on me to see if mm-hmm. I'm praying or going to mass, right? For introverts, it's a great opportunity to step outside the box, yeah. right? There's so much that you can experience in college, and you can't experience that if you're always in your dorm on a Friday night. It's like we tailor made this show for Taylor. Yes. (laughs) Number three, let's hearken back to the above story. Call your mama and the rest of your family. Go and see them. Just Mm -hmm. because you were off, that's the saddest thing. Well, so-and-so is off at college and we never see them anymore. Right. Because mm-hmm. guess what? When your car breaks down, when you run out of you know snack money, when <laughs> when the hurricane comes around, who's going to be the first person you call? Yeah, that's right. Mama, okay. And I have called my mama several times, and they want to know that you're alive and that you're taking care of yourself. That's right. right. At the very least, my parents found a workaround. They just showed up at the seminary every yes. week. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, well, we, we got to go to mass somewhere, so we're yes. coming here. That's yes. all they did. Yeah. I mean, I went to college in Thibodeau so if my mom if I wasn't contacting her and she really wants she'd be like she hey, wasn't far what time is uh, mass at St. Thomas yeah no. me, me and Tyler are showing up that's pretty <laughs> clever parents by the way mm-hmm. uh, my mom even that, did the same thing yeah, I would that. I would be studying during the week and then my mom would come walking down the halls of St. Thomas looking yes. for me yeah, oh I just went indeed. to daily mass I wanted to come see you hadn't heard yeah. in a while and I'm like yes, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a very South Louisiana <laughs> yeah, Catholic way you. of doing things uh, mm-hmm. we, well we just we got to go to mass so 
So we'll just go. Oh, we're going to stop you while we do yes, it. Please. That's right. Exactly. Okay. So make mass and make prayer a priority. Right? <laughs> right, your parents a, did. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so like, you know, you know, how many of us go off to college and, and, you know, we're, I remember this, I, I was, and I was like queen of the youth group, but I was like, well, no, I mean, I'm not, I came from a Catholic school where we prayed and went to mass you know, all the time, and it wasn't my responsibility. So when it became my responsibility, I was like, well, if nobody's watching, right? And I remember I tried to skip mass one time, and I, like, felt so bad. I ran across campus. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to hell if I don't go to bed. <laughs> so I was very terrified. But but it's important, right? These are the things that sustain your faith. And that's why it's important to have a good group of, of friends, right? A good group of friends to say, hey, we're all going to mass, right? Um, hey, how's your prayer life? That's yeah. one of my, I hate that question because usually I'm like, <laughs> Not as good as it should be, right? But but my friends still ask me that. Mm -hmm. You know, are you spending time in your day? Are you making that intentional time to pray and visit the sacraments? Uh, this is kind of a practical one, but learn how you learn, right? If mm -hmm. you like, you know, you know, and, and how you learn in high school is going to be very different than how you learn in college. The classes are very different. Mm -hmm. The professors are very different. You know, they're not calling your mama and telling them that you're failing. They don't care if you're That's failing, right? right? right. Uh, but learn how you learn. If, if For me, I was at a laptop-based high school. So when I went to college, um, I started on my laptop. And Amazon shopped my way through my first semester. Mm -hmm. So guess where the laptop stayed mm -hmm. at? You know, at my dorm, right? So learn how you learn best. Get to know your professors. Um, sometimes they can seem intimidating and unapproachable, but if they see your face and see your effort, yeah. um, then they're going to reach out to you when they see that you're struggling, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm always, I've always been the mm -hmm. teacher's pet in that. Even went into college, my yeah. professors were amazing and. It's really cool whenever you can go from just being in their class for lecture to seeing them in the hall and joking around yeah. and yeah. being yeah. that comfortable. And sometimes with your them. professors become colleagues and friends later in yep. life, too. That's true. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That is true. Um, speaking of mass and prayer, go to confession. Mm -hmm. you, yes. You are not an invincible in college. No. Um, and you, the same you know, troubles that you're dealing with in high school, they're going to carry on to college. Go to confession. Mm -hmm. um, do not give up on sleep. Get some sleep. Do not pull all-nighters. It's healthy for you to go to bed at a, a, an appropriate time. Okay? Just because you have all the time in the world does not mean you should take it. Okay? <laughs> um, and, number, and the last thing, this is a great opportunity, right? A new school, a new improved you, mm -hmm. right? If you're looking, I, I was so like almost, it's a weird thing to say, but like proud of a lot of the girls I went to high school with when they went to college because they totally were free to be themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, and, and, and they, they wanted to be better. They wanted to do better in, in academics. They wanted to try a sport. They wanted to join the, you know, the kayak team. Go ahead with your bad self, do it. Right. Yep. This is the opportunity for you to grow deeper in your faith in your faith to make it your own, because now it really is. Mama is not calling you, telling you you better go to mass, although my mom did. Um, <laughs> um, you know, like this is your opportunity uh, to get out there as a new start, a fresh start. Um, and maybe it's a, maybe it's even a fresh start for your faith. Yeah. Right. And a, kind of you're moving into this adult role of I'm responsible for this now. And uh, and I need to I need to man or woman up right that's yeah. right and you can you can reboot we hope that you won't reboot uh, because we're going to reboot and be right back we're the catholic underground there's more on the other side of the break stay where you are
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris, Kathleen, Olivia, Taylor, Jeff, and Ed. We're all your friends. You have invited us in, and we're glad that you have. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, we thought, uh, as we kind of talked a little bit about calling mom, about uh, adulting up, mm-hmm. uh, getting to college, before you get to to the, the adult phase of your life, especially yep. if you were a young man, Rites of passage are important. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, it was, I mean, we all had to read a lot of the same books in, uh, in elementary and middle school. Uh, a number of those books about rites of passage. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think about uh, Call of the Wild, Red Badge of Courage, oh, gosh. Um, uh, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. Boy uh, books is what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like they are, now that I think boy about books. it, they're boy books. They're boy books. <laughs> and you guys had to read boy books. Oh, yes, did, we did. Yeah. But I remember my uh, English teachers, especially in middle school, would balance boy books and girl books. Mm-hmm. So if we read the Red Badge of Courage, which we did, oh. yeah. um, then we also read like... Um, like the little princess or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Something oh, that, yeah. that would make Classic. the boys go, ugh. Well, even even some of the early, um, I mean, regardless of what you would say about about her her stance on life issues, a lot of the early like uh, Judy Bloom and Beverly mm. Cleary books, you know, that uh, I remember reading those as a kid mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, fudge and Super Fudge. A lot oh, of it yeah. had to do Judy with, with his sister. You know, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and some of those. Of course, those were elementary level books. Right. Uh, I don't remember reading. I'm sorry, I don't remember reading any girl books. Whenever I was, but that I guess well, kind of make dovetails. You a list. Yeah, <laughs> I Judy B. Jones, you all the way, best way, best pillars to start. Read all of Jane Austen and then come back. Well, Jane Austen. <laughs> okay, I did read some of Jane Austen. Yeah, yeah although for she's sure. she's universal. Maybe we're getting off the point a we little are. bit. But everyone should read Jane Austen. That's the end of my segment. Back <laughs> to you. Or, or like, and now our picks. No. Or, or like me, watch the movies. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, we can also talk too. about that. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I, I love the, that we're talking specifically about rites of passage um, because th- like, this is a way that um, specifically men mm-hmm. um, find maturity or like opportunities for maturity or like kind of coming into their own mm-hmm. um, in a way that maybe needs to be more expressed than it is for, for women, right? Mm-hmm. So we can acknowledge that men and women are different. This yeah. is not a bad thing. We're different. It's good. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Right. It's um, complimentary too. Complimentary, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about rites of passage, a lot of what we're talking about really is having to do with with, uh, with male masculinity. Um, and so what we're going to be talking about uh, is, comes to us from Jason Craig over at Catholic Exchange, but he's also referencing a book called Leaving Boyhood Behind. That he's also written, and I want yeah. to buy it. I know. I'm uh, like After doing this kind of research, I'm like, ooh, this is, yes, we all have to read this. Because um, it's good anthropology, right? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and anthropology just means looking at the human person. Uh, anthropos means man right but man in terms of like humanity mm-hmm. um so looking at the human person and saying okay what can we learn right this is very um like in philosophy we call it phenomenological right you're looking at um a person an experience uh, the a situation itself. the thing itself and and you're figuring out okay how how does this impact reality how does this express a reality to us um so that's what we wanted to talk about 
Uh, and the premise that he's starting with is that, you know, there's some transitions in life that really are so radical that the old form of life, wherever you're coming from, can't really continue into the new form, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's very clear maybe boundaries or thresholds that once you cross them, you're cognizant of the fact that like, okay, this, some is, of the, different. this yeah. is different. And some of the things that existed before maybe can't exist here mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, so the old form has to give way to that and the new form has to be embraced. Um, and so that transition is really where one state of life like dies and another is born. It sounds almost paschal. Yeah, I was about to say, like we, this might be familiar mm. to you from our reading in the New Testament, the entire New Testament. <laughs> the entire, the New entire Testament. New Testament. Right. Like dying to self, right? Um, so a lot of what we're going to talk about with like these rites of passages has a lot to do with dying to self, but how specifically is that done in kind of concrete ways, mm-hmm. um, especially like lived ways. Um, so it really is this like passing of one state that allows for the embrace of a new one. Um, and Craig is, is Jason Craig is talking about um, the ideas of a French anthropologist, Arnold van Gennep. Um, and he was the one who first coined the term like rites of passage. Uh, and I love this, this particular quote, so I'm going to read it. He said that for every one of these rites of passage, there are ceremonies whose essential purpose is to enable the individual to pass from one defined position to another, which is equally well-defined, right? So you have a very clear Mm. movement there, right? You're going from somewhere that's defined, right? We're not moving really from chaos to order. We're moving from one defined position to another defined position, but that that motion is, is catalyzed, is precipitated by an event, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or something that is kind of ritualized in a way. And mm-hmm. that's what he's calling a rite of passage. I think about, I just went uh, to the the uh, scouting awards for Catholic oh, scouts. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a marking um, within the Catholic ethos, right? Mm-hmm. The Catholic uh, mindset. It's a marking of moving from one place to another, of one level of, of uh, kind of accomplishment as a scout mm-hmm. to, to, a, mm-hmm. to a newer level. And it's marked. It's made a rite of. It's kind of a rite of passage. It's, it in is fact, a rite in of passage. scouting and in Girl Scouting as well. Mm-hmm. There are still there are rites of passage that right. are, that mark move from one order to mm-hmm. another. And in some cases, they call it an order. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because you need those little like signposts on the way of transition, right? Because um, transition is going to happen either way. But it's almost like it, it it makes itself more of a part of ourselves when we, when we mark it. acknowledge it, when mm-hmm. we ritualize it in some way, in a mm-hmm. way that's healthy. Um, so Van Gennep, the, the anthropologist, identifies three distinct parts of a rite, uh, a, or of this like process that are um, present in of any of kind passage. of rite of passage, right? So first you have a separation, right? So there's the separation from the old way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an initiation, so initiation into the new way, and then incorporation. So separation, leaving behind the death of the old experience, the previous state of life. The initiation is probably the actual rite or the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So like in that instance that Father Chris was talking about, it'd be like the ceremony that mm-hmm. marks, you know, moving from one uh, order to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then incorporation is like that final stage of being brought into the community, right? When you're initiated, you're initiated by people who are already in the community and they're accepting you. And they're, um, and then in the incorporation phase, they're continuing to mentor you, to teach you, um, because it's not just like, you know, you induct someone in something and then leave them alone, right? Right. Um, just like in, in the church, when people go through RCIA, it's not just like Easter Vigil, okay, great, you're Catholic, bye. No. You know, there's a there's a process, I don't think that we talk about it very often, after RCIA called mystagogy, where the, the newly accepted, um, uh, newly maybe baptized, newly confirmed, whatever, um, continue their process of kind of sinking their teeth into the faith. Yeah, being mentored by those who have been Catholic for a time, for yeah. a long time, most of them, 
saying this is this is how we Catholic, right? Yeah, this is uh, how we Catholic. and this is how we Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it could be it could be my next rap album. Yes. So watch this space. But, uh, <laughs> but my, mine might be more Motown. Uh, but uh, <laughs> at any rate, but right. that's the thing. And and this takes place on on a human level. Yeah. And the reason that the church has liturgical rites is because she understands that there is something that has to happen at an anthropological level because yeah. because these rites are ways that we access the deepest parts of ourselves. Yeah. It's also the way at the deepest part that we access God. Yeah. And he asks for us to access him that way. Yeah. So there yeah, I think you're right that there is a very human need to to what we're talking about especially with initiation. Um so I like I can think back in my life, those times when I was just like, oh, like another ceremony mm-hmm. or like even when I, I used to work in ministry, just thinking about like all of the kind of like rigmarole or what was presented to me, like in, in my mm-hmm. what I came to, to think about as like rigmarole, like just doing this because we've always done it, that kind of thing. But I, I eventually figured out like, no, 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 like people need this, right? This is not just like a, you know, we're doing this to placate people or we're doing this because, um, you know, people ask for it, but they don't really know why. Um, But that this is a a very fundamental human need to, because it helps us not only mark transitions, but to understand them, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because oftentimes when you're about to enter into a ritual, you have to prepare for it in some way, right? right? Um, And you you have to choose it, Mm -hmm. right? That choice is very transformative in itself. And then you go through the transition, you mark it by, by ritualizing it and then you, you've embraced it at that point and you begin to live it right so there's very something very significant um, and it really just acknowledges our humanity when we uh, when we just I don't know accept the, the reality of initiation and this whole this whole process of, of rite of passage and like we said you know this this pattern of separation initiation incorporation um, is really well evident in the church, right? Mm-hmm. So since the new life in Christ, as St. Paul says, is, is is incompatible with the old man, right? Yeah. You have to put off the things of, of childhood and, and put on the uh, put on the, the activity, put on the mind, put on um, well, the, the attitude of Christ, but what is that? That's putting on the new man. Mm-hmm. Um, and we especially see it in the sacraments of what? Initiation, right? Oh, that's, that's we what even we call, call them, them that. that. Oh. Right? Oh. You are being <laughs> initiated. You guys owe me sodas. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So, sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. If we're jinxed, then the show can't continue. So good night. That's true. So keep on going. <laughs> no, yeah. So the the sacraments of initiation, right? Baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist. Um, so in baptism, what's happening, right? We're literally going from death to life. Yeah, literally, right? quite literally, literally like mm-hmm. literally. Maybe the, this point can't be overstated. I don't think that it can. But baptism is is full participation in the or the beginning of full participation in the eternal life of God. Right. It is. Right? It is a true death. Yeah. To original sin, to the to the life that I led up until that point, even yeah. though I might have been a baby, little baby, a little baby, little the baby. the life I probably was a, a chubby child, but <laughs> um, but the life I, I led up to that point <laughs> now changes exactly. I that old person is now dead, right? And I have been initiated through Christ, yeah. uh, through through His saving action. I now become a new creation. Yeah, we use we use that language, but I think we forget how literal. Yeah. Baptism is. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, the church, I think, used to be more explicit about this, and she still is, but um, like the the baptismal font, like, it used to be called the uterus ecclesia. Oh, wow. Which means like the 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 uterus of the church, church, the womb of the church. Yeah. Right? Because what happens in a womb, right? New life is not only cultivated, but born. Mm -hmm. So the baby that comes out, or the the person that comes out of the baptismal waters is not the same person that went in, Mm -hmm. right? Something new is happening. Um, and I mean, we, we hear that assurance in Revelation, right? Behold, I make all things new, yep. right? I don't make all things 
kind of different. I don't make all things like slightly improved, but like I make all things new. new. Right. And then confirmation, it confirms and strengthens that very real grace given to us in baptism. Um, and I love confirmation. I think about it as like a like being initiated into like church militant, like fully. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we become warriors for Christ and confirmation is really like like us enlisting. You get the full armor, right? The full yeah. complement of armor and weaponry. Exactly. <laughs> which is will. like the, the fruits and the graces of the Holy Spirit yep. um, to really be like a, a, a full on warrior, Joan of Arc, St. Michael kind of warrior for Christ. And that's one of, you know, one of the things I noticed after my confirmation and once I allowed myself to reflect is that I was not the same person yeah. mm -hmm. after my confirmation. There were gifts that, that began to come to bear that were not present in the same way before my confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. So if we think about, you know, baptism is like the separation, right? We go from death to life. Confirmation is that initiation, right? We're being initiated into this new thing. Um, and then the Holy Eucharist really incorporates us fully as Christian into the body of Christ, which is the church, right? So incorporation, right? We're being invited into the church who teaches us how to live as the church, mm -hmm. how to live as a member of the body of Christ. Um, so, you know, going back to this, this kind of pure idea of the rite of passage, you know, a lot of times when we talk, talk about rite of passage, we really do think about like boys becoming men. Like, I don't know that if you just said that, you know, the word rite of passage to someone that they would immediately think of like something that happens to, to girls or to women. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a reason for this, right? Um, first of all, like the reason that, that male rites of passage are so striking is first of all, because they're just more orchestrated, more public than that of females, right? So think about, you know, tribal communities who send a boy out to like kill a lion or um, Australian Aborigines when they circumcise their adolescent boys in this like elaborate public ceremonies, mm -hmm. or even like young Jewish boys who go through a, a bar mitzvah, mm -hmm. right? Um, and nowadays, um, they, you know, girls will do a bat mitzvah. But for, for many, many, many millennia, it's been, um, well, for a few millennia, yeah. but for many, many, many years, um, it's, been, it's been young boys, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very specific rite of passage. Um, and so there's just something we can learn from that that says that something within masculinity has a need to be fully equipped and challenged mm -hmm. um, or else maybe it has a tendency towards distortion. Yeah. Right. So there's like a it seems to be like there's a threshold where like something significant has to occur for and with this young man or else you know, insert something bad here. Right. Um, and I think that maybe that's why you see a lot of these rites of passage around the time of, you know, 13, 14, 12, mm -hmm. 13, 14, something like that. Right. And because what's happening around then puberty. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also like when traditionally, historically, when like boys become men, mm -hmm. right? So what kind of men are they becoming? Yeah. Right. And the communities that they're already in recognize this and they, they set up these rituals, these uh, initiating events in order to say, no, 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 no. This is the kind of man that you need to become. This is the kind of community that you need. That's right. They're kind of setting up the, 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 the shoot, if you will, yeah. um, for, for the, the young man to, to actually go through to be able to become the man that right. is, is fully part of the community, that is fully part of the tribe, so to speak. Right. And he gets to choose, right? Because yeah. he's, I mean, ideally he gets to choose whether or not he wants to complete that or, or whether or not once he gets on the other side of initiation, if he's going to choose to be incorporated into that community. Right. But it's, it's significant that culturally, all, like, across all cultures, we have these rites of passage because there's just something innate that realizes that that young men need this to a certain extent. Yeah, it's even in literature, right? It's even in literature. Um, so think about like Achilles, um, who's given over by his father to Chiron, who's a centaur, to be initiated into manhood, right? Jack and the Beanstalk, originally a story of a, a boy separating from his mother. He goes into battle with the Beanstalk and the giant. 
Um, he liberates his father, right? He to, all so that he could become a man, so he could become like his father, reclaim his inheritance, right? Um, a lot of the Greek myths, a lot of the um, the, the Roman and Greek mythologies uh, are very clear about, like, they set up these kinds of stories because why? Because it's important. And then, of course, there's the modern myth of the karate kid. Mm. your son, paint the fence. Wax on. Mm -hmm. your son, go to tournament. You will fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you might be asking yourself, like, well, why not women? Right? Like, why, why don't women go through these things? And I wouldn't say that it's, like, women don't go through rites of passages. Of course. But that course it happens yeah. more naturally. So, like, mm -hmm. all of these things that we're talking about when that occur to young men are happening culturally. Yeah. Right? So there are things that are somewhat constructed in a way, like... Um, there's a need and it's met by the community in a way that's that's fabricated or that's that's made present like physically mm -hmm. um, through like a ceremony through some kind of you know killing a lion that kind of thing but with women it's it's much more natural right it's a biological process so it's a rite of passage right um, so like to for, for a young woman to enter into puberty is is like often called like becoming a woman mm -hmm. right but mm -hmm. that's not something that she like she doesn't have to go out and kill something in order for that to happen it just happens right it happens within her right it within happens her within body. her yeah. um, and it's naturally occurring and it's naturally powerful. Um, and men don't really have something that occurs like that that's within them naturally, right? Mm -hmm. um, so like like a mom can get on the other side of, of childbirth and really see like something life-changing has happened, right? Mm -hmm. Something completely radical, something completely new has happened. And she can reflect on that because it's happened through her in her, right? But for a man, even with, even with something like paternity, which is the heart of authentic masculinity, hear me, young men, old mm -hmm. men, whatever, that paternity is the heart of authentic masculinity. Right. But that's something that a man must choose and must embrace, yeah. right? Because we see all too often that that can be rejected. Yeah. Right? In favor of, you know, Fortnite's in the basement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So right We don't have basements, but if we did, if we did. that's where a lot of people my age would be <laughs> if yep. they did not embrace masculinity. Exactly. Guys, and so a rite of passage is is designed to help make a man so that he, make a man out of him so that he will choose that manhood so that he will choose to live that masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like Father Chris was saying, like men can coast along in immaturity if they have no kind of mirror, mirroring experience offered to them by more mature men. That's right. Right. So you really do need that community to say it's not a good idea to like spend all your time alone in a basement or some facsimile thereof mm -hmm. playing video games, not interacting with other human beings. Mm -hmm. Right. That's weird. You need some, but you need a <laughs> community weird. to it like you know, slap you and pull you out of that. Yeah. Right. Um, Which again, uh, when you're in college, this is a good time to, to step out of the basement, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, literal or yep. figurative yep. and to find your tribe, right. Find, yeah. find your community uh, within the church. Certainly. Exactly. Yeah. And I love this, too. This uh, kind of sets up the dichotomy from Dr. Leon uh, Pottles. He says, what a woman receives from her experience of her physical female nature, a man must receive from his culture mm. because he will not receive it simply by living out the logic of his male body. Wow. I love that. Right. So what, what we're saying mm. there is that men need tangible rites of passage. Um, so concrete steps of this separation, initiation, incorporation in order to become men. It's not a weakness, right? It's not a weakness to say that men need that culturally. Um, but it's a complementarity. It's a complementarity, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, for for most of, of civilization, who has been building culture, right? Men, mm -hmm. right? And if they're building culture, it's because they need culture, right? right? Women have a, a smaller need of, of like culture. Like the family is a is a very like. Uh, innate kind of culture to women. Um, but what do men do historically? They build societies, they mm -hmm. build structures, they build these these like um, these logical kind of input output systems. And seen in that way, um, 
the 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 innate the innate culture of the family um, uh, that comes about by virtue just simply of the of the the body of woman yeah. is not a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. But it is a beautiful compliment to be able to join that microcosm of culture with the macrocosm of culture yeah. that a man is called to build externally. Exactly, mm-hmm. isn't that? That's beautiful. Isn't that that is absolutely beautiful. I mean, that is a painting that I have never had put before my eyes. Yeah. And that's why I, I love talking about this kind of stuff because our, our initial, like, I don't know, at least my initial thoughts were like, wait, only men need rites of passage, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of like steal myself, like, ugh, you know, why is that? But then right. I, I, I sit with it and I study it and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, this is a good, it's, right? This is the theology of the body, this but is, in a completely different yeah. Yeah. Um, arena. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... So basically all this is to say that, you know, our, our genuine human needs are, are not simply just that easily answered. Maybe sometimes it takes creativity. Um, and this is what we're, we're meant to be as human beings, right? We're meant to be people who, who sit with our human needs, who take them seriously. We don't try to mask them. We don't try to like paint them over, but mm-hmm. we take them seriously and we recognize, okay, well, ha- if I have this need for community or if I have this threat of danger that lurks behind, you know, the, the certain kind of hormonal things that are happening, the, the cultural things that are happening when I'm about to, to enter into manhood, okay, well then how can we address that right and and not only that but like how can I actively not reject it right um, that mm-hmm. seems to be more of our like current str- struggle in the modern world yeah. um, so really it comes down to our ideas of tradition and culture and identity and belonging um, so the the antidote for for feeling isolated for feeling insecure for feeling for being immature is oftentimes just embracing these these traditions these cultures um, these cultural implements to, to help us become who we're who we're meant to be Wow. I, I tell you, I could say I'm, I ordered the book while you were talking uh, because I'm really interested in this because yeah. there, there's so much to it. And I just look at, at my own experiences like with, with scouting as, mm-hmm. as a kid um, and just the various things that happen in, in the midst of seminary formation that uh, that allow for those initiation periods uh, within the heart of the church. And it's it's ringing true. Mm-hmm. And then and then seeing kind of the, the beauty of the genius of woman and how that comes about, too. And then how that interplays with uh, with with vocation yeah. too. Wow. Well, mm. I, I guess I've got some homework to do. Um, but we do have some homework that we've done for you already. It's that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. That's right. And for the first CU Pick of the Week, we're going to Olivia. Oh, well, <laughs> it's just, not a burn. This is the only way that it can be, Kathleen. <laughs> okay, so my pick of the week was inspired by shopping for my goddaughter's second birthday present. She turned two last week, y'all. Wow. She's so big and she's so cute. Mm. Anyway, um, so she turned two, but I, when I was shopping for a present, I, I'm, I realized that I'm always drawn to these Melissa and Doug toys. Uh, I don't know if y'all like had familiarity with them, but like they're beautiful, beautifully made things. Um, there's like toys and puzzles oh, they are beautiful there are a lot of wooden things um but they're also this quality is spot on yeah and they'll last forever um i bought her you know i bought her puzzles from them i bought her like a mixing set like um had like a little stand mixer and like stuff oh you can my put gosh in to ma- so i know like to bake <laughs> things right um so i love I, i'm kind of sticking with melissa and doug especially while she's in those young formative yeah. ages because it's a lot of educational stuff too oh a washer um, and dryer combo i know i love the little washer and dryer <laughs> yeah so um so i highly recommend them not only for quality but also because they've i find that they're very 
very good at figuring out like what what is age appropriate, what's still going to challenge you know a two year old, um, and not you know be really a toy that's meant for an eighteen month old, um, but what's still like age appropriate and what's going to be lasting anyway. So I love the really Fresh Mart grocery store. It's I even know. got like a keypad for I the know, card. So I need that in my life right now. Yeah, <laughs> and they have like little vacuum cleaners. Oh, so cute. Okay, they're, anyway, they're not rated for for French bulldogs. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on. Hey, you can come over to where I work. We've got a few of their oh, great things. Yes. Yeah, I Taylor, swear. what do you do? What, no. what do you do? Um, I work for Touchstone ABA at St. Lillian Academy in Baton Rouge. Okay. And we're at a school that is full, completely special needs children. Oh, awesome. And I will tell you the few Melissa and Doug toys that we have are probably the sturdiest and yeah. longest yes. lasting yeah. toys. And are they there. more popular? <laughs> are they the more popular toys too? Yeah, and yeah. they're the more functional. They teach a lot more life skills yeah. in a way that it's like you can mm, teach them cool. how to use a microwave without oh, putting nice. them on top of So it's got kind of a quasi-Montessori feel Yeah, to a little it. bit, yeah. That's nice. a great way of saying it. Uh, we, we are not, uh, you know, sponsored by Melissa and Doug. No, but, but if you want to contact <laughs> us, hey, come on Also, yeah, if you'd exactly. like to send us some of your products, namely me. That's right, Kathleen. I'll will make a list. Kathleen will test any of them yes. for you. <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, Taylor, what's your pick of the week? Okay, so I've been reading this book probably since Lent. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. It's The Cries of Jesus from the Cross by Fulton Sheen. Mm-hmm. And it's taking me so long to read it because it is not a light read. It mm-hmm. is a mind-blowing, no, quite heavy read. But oh. it is every sentence has you thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This oh. is the book that when I showed up at your church during Lent, I was like, you, questions <laughs> uh-huh. now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and Archbishop Sheen, he's so readable. But you're right. You you do have to chew on on what he's saying. Like I have notes all that over. Man, that man's <laughs> got a philosophy degree for days. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that man who is nearly to be sainted. Yeah, so close. Uh, coming on down, yeah. All right, uh, Kathleen, you're picking. Is it my week. turn yet? Thank it's you your turn. So much. It, mm. yeah, yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> okay, this week I'm going to go generic, but um, you know, in my older age, I have found this to be one practical, two soothing, um, three entertaining, antiquing. People, mm. I never would have thought in my life I would be seeking out antique shops mm-hmm. on my days off. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going, ooh, I found a new antique shop. It's uh, happening. It's happening. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you, go see. There's like all kinds of treasures you can find. You're never going to, I mean, you can always leave with something odd and bizarre, and it's the best thing ever. So find an antique shop near you. Yes. All right. Uh, Jeff? Jeff, you got a pick of the week over there? I do. I have a a puppy dog. Uh, Sailor is, uh, he's 10 years old now. Oh, yeah. And he's a Sheltie. Uh, And he has to go in the dark. But his time, you know, he has to go do his business oh in the dark yeah Yeah. in the dark so i've got a dark backyard and Mm -hmm. there's no really easy way to light it without getting electricians and digging up ground and stuff like that so uh i found and i did a lot of research on this but i found made by a utec solar powered motion sensitive led lights they come in a four pack 32 bucks it's like eight dollars a light and these things are super bright and you can either set them to stay stay on full blast all night long or at a dim mode and then you know uh somebody walks in front of it they'll go kick into to to full bright so Mm. uh anyway they're they're i've had it for about a month in fact i ordered four more because uh i got a lot of yard to light up (laughs) leds are a fantastic technology yeah they really really are are. and 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 sailor says thanks bob (laughs) that's right yeah i I don't doubt it i got Um, a hug my pick of the week is 
the yes. Catholic card game. Tell mm. us more. Just prepare to buy it now, ladies, because I can tell you <laughs> that so you're good. so so if if like me, you were introduced at some point to Cards Against Humanity. Yep. Yeah. Which is okay, folks. Uh, don't. Mm-hmm. Just don't. <laughs> You're worth right? more than that. You're don't do yeah. it. <laughs> well, the Catholic card game is basically the Catholic version of this. So um, there are a series of, of, uh, of question or fill-in-the-blank cards, and then there are our answer cards that are specifically uh, catered to, to us, to yeah. Catholic life. And so, for example... <clears throat> Wait a minute, I don't want to read that one. <laughs> Blank gets me the most likes on Instagram. And so you'll you'll pick seven cards, mm-hmm. and then you'll try and lay down the funniest or the most theologically accurate mm-hmm. one, right? So oh. Blank gets me the most likes on Instagram. Getting to the tomb first gets me the most likes on <laughs> mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Meeting the mother of the woman of my dreams <laughs> gets me the most likes. <laughs> a Christian fish tattoo gets me the most likes yep. on Instagram. Theology on tap gets me the most likes. On- <laughs> so it's it's a fun fun game. I've played it once already, and uh, so the Catholic game is my pick of the week. I'll put that the Catholic card game. I'll put that in the uh, in the show notes there. Jeff, we are always grateful for those who uh, like us, who star us, and all of those things. Our benefactors and all those who take part in the Catholic Underground. Indeedy do, Father. In fact, uh, this week the Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform of choice. Just get out there on iTunes, click them stars, youngins. That's right. Thank you for clicking them stars. Uh, yeah, if you uh, if you want uh, our, our uh, all of our stuff, you can go to catholicunderground.com. Important to note there. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's Yay. at klee626 on Instagram. Thanks, yes. Kathleen. Anytime. Also, Olivia Galino. She, Olivia Galino. She's the... <laughs> She's the real OMG uh, on all those those things. Uh, thanks, Olivia. Thank you. Sorry, Taylor Rodrigue, uh, are you TMR ten thirteen still? Not anymore. That's oh, changed since oh, high school. Okay. I can't even tell you what my handle. All is. All right. Well, you'll just have to search for her on Facebook because, uh, well, that's that's She's Taylor there. over there. Uh, also, uh, our technical director Jeff Blackwell is at Jeff Blackwellus on all the social media. Thanks, Jeff. It's a privilege, Father. Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video and graphics director for this episode is Ed Ball. Ed Ball and you know me I am Father Chris Decker you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Digital Catholic it's almost Inktober so uh, yeah so subscribe yeah. shall you yes accept no limitations <laughs> no limitations none zero we hope that we've helped you to cut through the noise and find this still small voice with the Catholic Underground where faith gone digital we'll see you next time From the Catholic Underground.